this single idea, when I put it into action, into my business, and I customized it for my own business, it's a quadruple the revenue of the business in one year. Wow. Welcome to Own the Future, a podcast made for and by changemakers, where we gain the courage to own our story, the freedom to own our craft, and the power to own the future. I'm your host, Lucas Scrobot, and today we are with Khalid El-Zanki from Kuwait. Khalid is a small business owner who trains and coaches other brands, businesses, entrepreneurs, startups, freelancers, how to launch their products, their businesses, and their startups, and really helps them how to have a solid game plan and business plan as they move forward. And today, I'm really excited to have Khalid on the show because Khalid survived the financial crisis in 2008. He came out with some some battle wounds, and from that, he has a lot of wisdom that we can learn from today as we face this crisis with Corona. And so we are going to be talking about what can small businesses, coffee shop, freelancers, what can we do to become leaders in this coming crisis that is already here upon us. So without further ado, Khalid, thank you so much for being here on the show today. Thank you so much for having me in your podcast, Lucas. And thank you so much for following me all over the years. And and I'm so excited to start the conversation and and, and share my my wisdom and, and, and knowledge and experience. And especially for the current situation and the crisis that people are facing in small businesses or freelancers in the world. And I was one of the guys who's not fortunate enough to to even face the financial crisis back in 2008 and 2009. That led me to close a business back then. Wow. So I would love to share my experience with, with your audience and with you. And and thank you so much again for, for having me. Well, Khalid, I, I actually want to start there with you having to close your business in 2008. Uh, before we mm-hmm. do, I, I want to hear a little bit about your businesses, your podcast, your book. You have, you had a podcast that you shut down. You have a new mm-hmm. one. It's in Arabic. Mm-hmm. No problem at all. We'll, we'll take it from there. Inshallah. So um, I started my first business back in 2004 and 2005. Uh, I was one of the first guys who launched a live event management company. We were bringing speakers from United States to really develop leadership skills in the marketplace. I started the business late 2004, beginning of 2005. The business really went very well over the years till the financial crisis in 2008, uh, in August 2008, where actually the financial crisis hit the market back then. And we thought that things will be fine. We thought that that the crisis will, will, will really get things going and, and it won't affect the business back then. And unfortunately, till I believe uh, mid, not mid actually, in, in, in April, April 2009 and May 2009. So we, we, we've been in the market for quite some time, but the financials were, didn't go very well for us. We were in minus in business. And I remember back then I had to consult two professors in the university to tell me more about the financial crisis and what I'm supposed to be doing. And one of the professors uh, in, 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 in finance, he said, and the economy, the other doctors, they said, when the economy is up, there is a certain set of opportunities. And when the economy is down, there is another set of opportunities. We believe, Khaled, it's time for you to shut down the business 
and look for another opportunities. So Absolutely. that's what we believe. So I took that advice to its core and I had to comfort the team and tell them that I'm going to shut down the business, although we've been doing very well, but financially we were not doing very well. Mm. And nobody knew back then how long would it take for the economy to recover from the financial crisis. So that was the biggest challenge for us. And, and we have seen over the years in 2009, 2010, 2011, the companies, they, they had the behavior of really cutting the budgets always down. So I launched another business uh, back then that focuses on helping uh, businesses, small ones and big ones, on, on how to do proper marketing and launch their product in mm. the marketplace when they don't have enough capital or they don't have enough budget. And I was lucky enough to work with small businesses and we worked with large corporations. We did the launches for BMW, Range Rover, McLaren in Kuwait and other brands as well. So we did very well with, with the business since that time. And I learned the lessons. One of the major lessons is you always have to di kind of really uh, diversify your portfolio, your income in the business and don't depend on only single service or product you offer in the market. Mm -hmm. And back then in the, in the first business, we were just focusing on events and, and maybe corporate in-house in corporate training and that's it. So we had to really shut down the business because when the financial crisis hits any market, two things they will cut in their budget, the training, HR, and sometimes their advertising and marketing. So that's the biggest lesson we learned from that business. And since then I launched that business, we, we moved into so many different directions over the years. And honestly, um, I believe two years ago, I anticipated, I don't want to say it's a financial crisis. I anticipated a, a crisis yeah, in the market. For sure. And uh, because of the political issues that's happening in the region. Mm. So we're kind of really prepared, not for Corona, what you are facing today, but we are somehow prepared for, 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 for the crisis in the business. That's on, on a business side. Um, two years ago or three years ago, I launched my, my book called Al-Atlaq. Uh, the first version was in Arabic where actually I'm sharing some of my knowledge and experience of launching products and businesses and lesson learned, biggest mistakes people they do, introducing the concept product launch and what people have to know and understand to save time and cut their losses and, and, and make more money in launching a proper product into the marketplace. And then... Um, we launched the English version of it. A market asked us to do the English version of the book. So I translated the book and I was lucky enough back then to have one of my friends who authored almost 13 books in the market. Wow. So in the, in the US, so he's a great writer. Uh, he talks about franchising. So he actually read proof the book for me and, and we launched the English version. It went very well, but not like the Arabic version. Back then as well, I launched my first um, attempt successful attempt for a podcast because my first podcast that I launched was back in 2007 and 2008. It was a massive failure back then. Why was it but, a failure? Yeah, massive failure. I launched two podcasts, one in 2000, I guess, eight, nine, and the other one was in 2010 or 11. And both were failures, what, failure, what, massive failure. Why do you, what, what causes and why, why do you think they failed? Uh, first of all, people, they... They didn't know what is podcasting. That's number one. Yeah. Second thing, the platforms back then, it wasn't friendly like today. Yeah. Um, we used to say to, to tell people to go to, for example, Apple 
app store and download the podcast app and then mm-hmm. search for the podcast and then subscribe for the podcast. So many call to actions. So, so people many. get really confused. And uh, one of the things I noticed when I, I believe that was late 2013, when Apple, they said that podcast app will be a built-in app within the iOS back then. I said, uh-huh. So that's the timing. So this would resolve mostly the main issue of accessing the podcast and getting people to access the podcast and subscribe and reaching them out very easily without the hustle from the end, the, 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 the end user side, not from our side as a podcasters. Correct. So I was, was a brainstorming what could be the idea that I would launch a podcast and what could be the podcast. And back then the wave was in the market in 2000, uh, late 2013 and beginning of 2014 is um, entrepreneurship and small businesses. So I said, okay, that's awesome. That's a great. So how, what can I do in order to help entrepreneurs and startups and, and the market uh, move forward on launching their businesses? So I came up with an idea of a podcast in Arabic only in the beginning. It, it used to be Launch on Fire of interviewing local entrepreneurs in Kuwait, sharing their stories and, and, and sharing their experiences and lessons they learned in, in starting their business and from their failures and, and some advice and resources that they might share for entrepreneurs. Um, and almost six months later, I get approached by the U.S. Embassy of Kuwait and they said, oh, we, we have speakers coming in. Would you mind doing interviews with them in English? I said, okay. It's amazing. I'll, they're, the podcast in Arabic. I said, no, what? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. So I was fortunate enough to interview uh, book authors, the speakers, well-known speakers in the market. Uh, you know, I interviewed some of the really great thinkers when it comes to to. Uh, performance and leadership and productivity. One of them is David Allen, the writer of Getting Things Done. He was in Kuwait speaking and I was fortunate enough to interview him about his book and how entrepreneurs, they can benefit from his knowledge and wisdom. So most of my interviews, the theme of the interviews were really helping entrepreneurs with the skill set and the experiences of those guys. And as well, I interviewed the former CEO of McDonald's in the U.S., he was in Kuwait on a business trip, so I did an interview with him. That was a very interesting interview as well to learn from. Wow, what an That was back into, yeah, it was awesome. That was back in 2015. We, we, we launched more than, I guess, 150, 170 episodes wow. till the end of 2019. And then all the markets starting doing Podcast, podcast interviews yeah. with, with entrepreneurs and, and experts and a lot of YouTube shows pumped up from the region of interviewing experts and, and, and you know, entrepreneurs as well. Right. So I said, okay, so the market is really getting crowded. So we have to think of something different. So you pivoted. So me and my team, we said, yeah, so we pivoted. So me and my, my, my team, they decided, okay, we have to do something different. We, we have to go to the market and really share and find information um, and, and knowledge that would help entrepreneurs and startups and freelancers launch their, um, their services and their products in the market. And the idea of the podcast is really laser-focused content in, in less uh, than 15 minutes. So most of the episodes on the average right now, we're talking about 10 minutes episode to the point, laser-focused content that would help mainly people who they are and the verge of starting their own businesses. It's, it's not tailored toward people with massive experience in starting their own businesses. So we want to be relevant to the market, not 
It's like the intro the 101. This is how you do it. This is what you need to think through. These are some of the foundation cornerstone pieces that you need to make sure that you have in place if you're going to launch a business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what we we focused on is really going back to basics and, and starting and launching the business and, and covering different aspects of it. So sometimes people come to me on, on Instagram and follow the followers and asking me questions and said, oh, by the way, I have this episode for you. Why don't you listen Absolutely. to it? So that when is, they, they listen to the podcast, oh, thank you so much, Khalid. You answered the question in a really proper format. And that's really awesome. So I, I, I had to cut my, my time spending on social media because I don't answer long questions. So because I have episodes that I can share with the audience and absolutely. give them knowledge and give them experience as well. That's such a great resource. Um, and what's also a, a great resource is that, um, you know, so many people, you know, you see those memes of, you know, inspirational quotes of people saying, you can't drive your car by looking through the rearview mirror. When really it's like, well, it's actually mm-hmm. by looking, when I drive my car and I'm a safe driver, I'm always looking in my rearview mirror. I'm always checking my side mirrors. And you have actually been here and you actually had to close a business in 2008. And I'm sure that was a mm-hmm. painful thing to do to have to let your employees go. But that is something that I think is really valuable for us today, as the markets are crashing, right? It's the most volatility in the market since I think mm-hmm. Hoover. Um, and, and, and and Lucas, this is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. We're we're at the yeah. very beginning of it. Um, mm-hmm. and so and so we could. It is. I don't know whether we will or what will happen. This could this could last for one month or could last for some reports I've been reading. We could be in some sort of semi-lockdown for up to a year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm believing that, you know, a vaccine will get developed hopefully faster than ever before. Um, but still, we are... We that are, would take some time. It will take, that would take 18 months, they say, to have one fully vetted. So it's everything is going to take some time um, short of an absolute miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, so... We could, you know, the world economy really could slide into a very different place. Um, but what I think is encouraging, and which was the advice that you were given and you shared, which is there's one set of opportunity when the market is booming. And, you know, for the last 10 years now, we as a globe have seen an incredible bull market. Everything is booming, market, sales. Um, but now as things take a turn, it's like, well, there's there's other opportunities to be had in a down market. And more yep. history shows that more millionaires were made during the Great Depression in America than in any other era. So what that means, exactly. to your point, is that, yes, there are a lot of, you know, metaphorical buildings crashing around us, but that means that there's great opportunities. What opportunities do you see for freelancers who work a lot on gigs, um, SMEs, coffee shops, small business owners, what opportunities and how can we, how can we reframe this crisis to find those opportunities and to actually serve our clients and serve people around us better? Well, you are asking me really very difficult question right now. Um, the challenge is uh, if traditional businesses like coffee shops and restaurants and the solution is really to assess the situation and 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 checking how long they can sustain the business in, in such crisis. Like in Kuwait right now, 
the restaurants are are closed down and and they are just depending on delivery right now. Imagine you are a restaurant and you don't have a delivery at the moment. So that would be a really big struggle for you. And right now we're at uh, March March 16th of this recording. How long have they been shut down for? How many days or weeks? Uh but I would I would say in the in the beginning, I think that was 2 weeks and officially just 2 days ago, 3 days ago, the government closed down the shopping malls. And, and, and this actually led to another crisis as well. So wow. imagine all the shopping malls are closed, all businesses. I, I, I saw this coming, honestly, uh, because what happened is, is, is the government trying to tell people to stay away from a group of people. And, and guess what? So people are starting going to shopping malls. So the government had to shut down the yeah. shopping malls in order to, to keep people safe. And the only sh- i believe the only businesses like the normal traditional ones not the, the coffee shops and and the restaurants like the traditional businesses mm-hmm. uh with online um stores they were able to really um move forward with this crisis and and based on on delivery of their items to their consumer people still buying their products and services and looking for products they want and buying it online. So it's not just a financial crisis. People are really afraid of spending their money is right, rather than people they want to buy, but they don't know where to buy because mm-hmm. there is no stores are open. So if you have an online a store with, with, with really good operation and delivery, guess what? So you, you will be affected, but not as bad as shutting down the business 100%. And the government, they closed it almost for two weeks. And we don't know after two weeks what could happen if the virus uh, of, if the, the virus really spreads like crazy in the country. So this is the challenge right now. That's the reason why I was, I was really studying the virus launch since December. Yep. And when, when the virus reached the Middle East, I would say in Feb, I said, oh, it reached them. Uh, it reached Kuwait almost the mid of Feb. Mm-hmm. This is most probably going to affect the economy and businesses. And people they didn't see it coming, honestly. But because I knew I had an experience with a crisis before, it's almost similar to the financial crisis. We didn't feel it in August two thousand eight, but it was really bad in the end of two thousand eight and beginning of two thousand nine. Yeah. So. So that was, was, was an eye-opener for me. I said, okay, great, outstanding. So right now, I have to work with the clients. I have to work with the businesses that we advise in order how to go around things. And thanks God, we, we, we had to work with them and, and we had to really come up with a new innovative ways to keep them going in the business. And guess what? Most of the businesses, they, I would say restaurants right now, their sales, if they don't do delivery, it's, it's down almost 82 um, yeah, they're already yeah, down to fifteen percent on ten percent. Already operating uh, normal at shopping, normal margins. yeah, normal normal shopping electronic stores. Their sales even below ten percent, my friend. Uh, yeah, so, it's so we don't know what could happen. So the situation is 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 really vague. I believe the only businesses with an online operation with an online business mindset they were able to really cut through and and try to really balance the equation. And so. So for a business that, you know, has already been online, you know, they kind of have a lifeboat that they're able to kind of put their crew in and hopefully weather the storm. But for a company that maybe hasn't gone online and isn't doing deliveries, um, if they're, if they're in, in the food industry 
or like what's your, what's your advice to freelancers or um, solopreneurs or someone who has just launched their business um, that's maybe not selling um, food goods or electronic goods in a traditional mall? Services. Yeah, services. How can they, <laughs> how can, what has your advice been to them? Well, the the biggest challenge for most of them, if they didn't have an online presence, that's a problem. If, if if they if if they are just starting, let's say a month ago, that's really a big challenge for them. Uh, but for the ones who really established their business and they are in the market, I believe it's just a matter of really adopting and working with the people and connecting with people. That was the number one thing. It doesn't mean that freelancers they can do business, but they have to be careful who to do business with nowadays, uh, because they have to work most of the time remotely. They they are. They are trying to avoid working with people in spaces and places because gathering is not allowed. So it's time for them right now to figure out ways. How can I connect with potential customers and clients who want my services or want my products during the downtimes? And this is, I believe, a great time for the entrepreneurs and startup to really assess what they are doing. Mm. If you are just, if you are listening to, if, if someone listening to this episode uh, or this podcast at the moment and thinking, oh, I just launched, I don't know what to do next and I'm confused. This is normal. You ha- you have to be confused yeah, because this is, you just started. So you don't know what's happening and what's going on. And it was a surprise for them. But the question is, can you postpone your launch after the financial crisis or actually after Corona crisis, I would call it. Yeah. If you can postpone it, that awesome. Can you work around Corona in a way that you can still doing business, not as big as it used to be, but at least you can sustain yourself and sustain your business online? I give you an example. Last year, I launched a masterclass called uh, Itlaq, which means launch. Yep. And this masterclass was, was very successful. It's, it's one evening, five, four to five hours of a masterclass. And we did it almost nine times last year and it was very successful. And we stopped it by the end of last year. And I was thinking of really developing it and taking it to the next level this year. And people would be reaching out to us and said, Khalid, we would like, we are staying at home for two weeks. We don't know what to do. Yeah. We really want to learn something. We, we, we want to do something with our lives. We don't want to just spend our time watching Netflix and watching TV or maybe reading some articles. Do you have something for us? So I said, okay. That's a great opportunity. And this is obviously a demand in the market. Yep. So what we came up with an idea, I said, okay, great, outstanding. In this case, let's, let me launch something different. Let me launch the masterclass. And instead of having it in person, let's do it as a live stream masterclass in two days, two to three hours a day. Yep. So we pivoted even the product to tailor for a current situation. Yep. So... If if freelancer listening to this, I believe the best thing to invest in right now as a freelancer is to really assess your online presence, to really assess what are you doing online and offline and how you are integrating your services online and offline and reaching out to the customer and listening to the audience and the customers what they want. Yeah, I think that one's big. That one's big. Reaching out and talking to them and, and figuring out what the market needs and wants, finding that pain point. Exactly. And sometimes you have to do what we call it in product launches. We call it a pre-pre-launch. Test the market with ideas and, and, and check if the market really interested in, in these ideas or not. For example, we, I did, we did, me and a friend of mine, 
um, almost almost a week or ten days ago, we did a live interview on Instagram talking about uh, how freelancers they can start their own business and what lessons they have to learn and how they can prepare themselves for really starting their own business and how to price their products and so many different aspects yeah, was, of freelancing. Great, I was, that was, I was watching that. It's great interviews, great great content on and pricing for if you're in freelance about being how you have to be confident in yourself and who you are and the services that you provide great quality content thank you thank you and all, all this experiences is, is that i captured over the years of doing business when i started as a freelancer or maybe when i started as a startup so i'm sharing the do and dance of what I face in business. So it's based on life experiences, not based on a book that I read or, or information that I'm sharing because I have, it was a great article that I read somewhere else. No, it was based on real experiences. And trust me, if we had more than an hour, I can go even more with tips and ideas for entrepreneurs. And that idea of really doing the live was, was really one thing is to really untap that market and see if there is a potential of freelancers who, who are really interested in such topic. Mm-hmm. So when back and we in, were surprised with the with the feedback. You were surprised with the feedback. It was amazing. Back in back in two thousand eight, um, what was it like emotionally for you, and how did you process through those emotions? As you know, if someone is in a position where obviously this is just the beginning of this, you know it. It's I'm doubtful in that everything is going to clear up in 30 days and, you know, mid-April. Very doubtful of that. Um, and I know that a lot of people are feeling fear and trepidation, um, wondering, you know, what's going to happen. How, how did you process through those emotions? And what was, what was the thing that got you through that crisis? Even though it was, it was a different crisis, I think there's a lot that we can learn from you and how you successfully successfully closed your business, even though that doesn't often seem like a success. Well, it's normal to be to have fear of of losing control. So the biggest challenge is was was we were really confused and we were really lost in the process. We didn't know what to do. We are not sure what to do. Um, I believe we had to postpone a launch in, 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 in December to June 2009. And that was the last launch that we did. And we failed massively into that launch. And you hung on for a whole year. Exactly. Almost a year. So, Do you regret that? Do you wish you would have closed earlier? And I mean, you can't. I really wish I closed earlier. Mm. I, I lost a lot of money. What were the, kind and, of the and, signs? the red flags or yellow flags along the way that you ignored that told you that you should close earlier? Well, one of the, one of the signs I, I thought is just a, a temporary situation and everybody's saying, yeah, well, the market will recover and things will be going well. And I, I would say um, the biggest mistake I did back then is not reaching out to, to experts and people in the field and seeking advice even if I had to pay for that. Yeah, it's huge. So I really, you know, the two professors that I met, they are friends of, uh, they are a friend of mine, both of them, and they are amazing guys. And if I did that, I would say interview or that meeting with the two professors in the beginning of the financial crisis, that would save me at least $300,000, my friend. Wow. At least. 
So we lost a lot of money in the process because not, we are not seeking advice. We, we really, we thought that we will figure it out. We will wait. And, and, and most of, I would say the myths in business that the business is your baby. And I would say mm. the business is not your baby. If your business is not doing very well, you have to shut it down. Even if you had massive success, but how long are you going to spend and, and losing money in that business? So, so if, I, if, I, like, I like that. Your business is not your baby. How do you go about thinking and treating and operating in and on your business rather than coddling it like a child that you're trying to you know, raise and grow to see become strong? What mentality do you approach your business with? Well, you have to treat it as, as a real entrepreneur. You have to treat it as an analyst. You have to treat it as a business. And you have to check your balance sheet on a monthly basis and checking how your business is performing. And there is always signs that the business is not doing very well, especially numbers. And businesses mostly is based on numbers. Yeah, numbers so the numbers lie. would be a great reflection of where you are in the business. And babies... You, you know, you spend your time with the baby and growing up the baby. If, if they face challenges because they are your babies and you cannot just say, you know what, I don't care anymore. And that's it. Now, in business, if your business is not scaling up, if, if your business is really struggling and if you start really losing control and you start losing a lot of money in your business, I believe it's time to really assess the situation and see how far you can go and losing money in the business. Mm-hmm. For example, in, in the current situation of Corona right now, how far can you go sustaining the losses in the business? Can you sustain losses in a month or two or three? Can you lose that, that amount of money? Yes or no? And can you cut your expenses if there is a room for cutting expenses? Yes or no? And the challenge with Corona, it's not the fin- like the financial crisis. There is a history for the financial crisis. Uh, most of the people they know, the professors, they told me in, in the US would take it seven years to recover. Yeah. In Kuwait, they had no answer, honestly, for that. So, but with the virus, we are ultimately, we don't know where are we, yeah, how long would it take? And as you said, uh, late, you know, initially in the, in the interview, you said it would take a year, a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Still, that's a good time frame. So an entrepreneur who's listening to this podcast, they have to assess their situation very well before deciding to shut down the business. I'm not encouraging everyone today to shut down their business. I want them to have a closer look into their financials, into their situation, into their business, and then deciding what to do next. Because every case is a different case than all the cases that we met and the cases that we worked on and during the last two, three weeks with our clients. Absolutely. I mean, we're in, no one has been, I mean, maybe there's some, a few people who've been alive um, since the last crisis like this, which happened in the Spanish flu of 1918, 1919, where I believe 30 million people go. lost their lives. Um, so another thing as well, on top of that is if somebody is listening to this episode and, and they are facing these challenges, reach out to mentors and coaches that you yeah. know and you trust. Yeah, and, and and those guys trust me. You know, I was fortunate enough back then to have really two, three great mentors of mine that I reach out to them and 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 really help me to get on the track as well. It's not just the advice of the professors as well. Yeah, because you, so you, you need you need someone to go in and un- help you unpack all those data points and looked at it objectively, not with a lot of emotions. Because when we're exactly we're and, so and close to the problem. 
Yeah, those and sometimes can color our, our viewpoints. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need someone not just to look into the data. You need someone from leadership perspective is to help you mentally get on a track as well, because there is a lot of uh, roller coaster kind of thing is emotions up and downs, negative ones, positive ones. So there is a lot of things that's happening on your head, and you need to listen to someone else. You need to speak to someone who understand what you are going through, or they've been in the same situation before. Uh, not like someone, you don't go to your wife and complaining about what's, how the business is performing, or you go to your, your brother or your sisters and they never been in business and complaining about what's happening or what's going on. Yeah. You reach out to people who've, who've been there. Uh, they had experiences in life. They have experiences in business and you seek advice. Absolutely. Absolutely. How, you know, there's a lot of talk in businesses, big businesses that are doing everything that they can to retain their employees rather than just laying off um, tens of thousands of people. Um, And you've had to go through this in 2008. You've had, I'm sure, in in that year process from when the crisis happened to when you closed your doors, you you ended up having to lay off some people um, Mm -hmm. before eventually closing altogether. What was that emotional process for you like? It, It was tough. It's, it's really tough. Uh, imagine laying off employees and people, they started with you five years ago and they've been doing very well as, as employees. And I believe I I had even back then I have freelancers working with us part-time as well. And a few of them, they were really feeling bad about it. And, and some of them after the financial crisis, they, they connected with me, said, Khaled, we will be so happy if you are launching any business and we'll be kind of help for you. We, we, we loved working with you and we want to work with you. So it was really tough and, 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 and it really created, uh, I would say, I don't want to say it, it really affected the relationships. Uh, honestly, it's really hard to let people go. Yeah. It's, it's not easy, especially if you have, uh, if you have a small business and a small team of five or 10 or 15 people Absolutely. with you in the organization, it's kind of really flat organization, you know, almost everyone in the business. And your hands into the businesses. You you are ha- you are in the business and on the business at the same time. If you are on the business, you don't How, know what's happening in the so, operation. So that's not a big deal for you. But if you are involved in the business, that would be a challenge usually. Yeah, because and you're thinking, okay, we're in the middle of a crisis, just like now we're in the middle of a crisis. Um, letting these people go, letting these employees go on your on your team who maybe have been with you building the business for two, three, five years, um, what are they going to do? I think that is probably a, a question that every business well, owner is thinking yeah, about. Yeah, well, one, one of the things you can do, it depends on your, again, in your situation and your financial situation, what you can do is really connect with them and, and see. And, and, and I, I, I remember I said that in my podcast that I published just yesterday. If in time of crisis and if time of challenges of, of really reaching out to your team and sit down with them and tell them this is what we are facing and how do you think we can solve the issues and the problems and these are our numbers and this is how we are performing in the business. Um, is there is any solution? What could be the solution? Uh, some of them, they might say, you know what? Uh, we will be more than happy to support the business. We've been, you've been really good to us and the business has been doing very well. How? Uh, we wouldn't mind if we cut our salary just for a month or two. Yeah, Qantas did that. Exactly. So if you can do that, that's, that's awesome. Uh, if you can really sustain financially the business, that's great. 
that could be that could be a solution, uh, and 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 that's one solution. Second solution could be shutting down your operation. Um, in Kuwait, one of the major issues for most of the businesses is the rent. Yeah, and 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 some of the malls in Kuwait, uh, they said to their uh, tenants, by the way, because of the financial crisis, we won't be uh, charging you for the month of March. So they cut most of the expenses on the on on the on the businesses huge. by understanding their situations. They don't want to just let them know, let them go. Sorry. So if, if they let them go, the shopping malls and the businesses and the real estate owners will really suffer later if all the businesses they closed down. So they said, how? Where is the best way to really kind of really have a win-win situation for everyone? And they said, and the best way to do it, kind of really asking them to say, you know what? You know, we won't be charging you for March. It's not in your control. It's not in our control. And it's good way, yeah, honestly, from the way. real estate businesses to, to, to cut the budget because most of the businesses, they are really having a lot major expense on them as, as rent, especially if you, are, if you are operating in a very luxurious or big malls and, and your rent is, is to the roof. Some of the shops that we knew of, their rent is $30,000 a month. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, rent, rent is <laughs> the bane of every business's existence, it seems. Um, yes. It, it just, you know, everything that you're saying, it sounds like this is an hour where we need real wisdom, real insight, and real leadership. You know, it's not just, it's not just math, you know, but there's, mm-hmm. there's real empathy, leadership, people skills, so, you know, quote unquote, soft skills in, in being able to navigate everything that we are going through right now. And I think that is going to be, you know, something that really differentiates people moving forward is have, have you in the past developed your, your skills as a leader, your communication skills as a leader, your ability to connect with and look people in the eye and empathize with people. It's those, those things that are often taken for granted but really that that sets people apart. And I think anyone, if if you haven't been working on your leadership mm-hmm. skills and your leadership ability, your empathy, um, gaining wisdom and insight, having a group of mentors around you, having a, a board around you, people that you can go to, a, a team that you can gain wisdom and insight from, and the humility to take their advice even when you don't like it. Um, I think those are the things that, um, if we haven't built them already, those are things that we need to begin to build. Yeah, in place I 100% life. agree. These are the skills that you have to develop. I remember when I started back uh, in 2004 and 2005, I remember my, my, my time where I invested time, effort and money as well to join workshops and attend events, seminars and leadership, business development, marketing. Um, locally in Kuwait, internationally, online, offline, um, where people used to be really hesitant back then to invest in online training and education. I remember my first um, event that I attended a seminar five days in the United States costed me $15,000 when I started the business. But that was really core fundamental of my business back then. The focus of that event was if you are in an informational business model, how to develop your product, how to market it, and how to sell it. Yeah. 
So that was the heart of my business. Imagine if I didn't go to that training. I didn't invest that $15,000 on that training. How would I sustain my business and take my business to the next level? That's one. Second, as you said, having great mentors around you and different skill sets and different experiences really broaden your perspective about things and situations and challenges you might face. And I was fortunate enough to be to have in my peer groups and, and my masterminds and, 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 and all the groups that I've been through or masterminds that I've been through really developed me as a person, developed my life skills and developed my business skills as well. I believe this is the best investment that I even invested in myself and my business as well at the same time. It's not just for the business, it's the investment of the entrepreneur and himself. As an entrepreneur, you have to invest in yourself. You have to get proper training and education. Uh, if, if you can't go to trainings and seminars and workshops and you cannot save for that, that's okay. You can go and, 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 and read books and, and learn from other people's experiences. I remember back then when I started my business, people were telling me, Alid, why do you read these books? It's, 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 it's for foreigner writers in the United States. What you're going to learn from them, it won't be applied in Kuwait because the market is different. The culture is different. But one of the things that I, I did, I didn't listen to them. That's number one. Second, I said, <laughs> okay, let me try it. If it works, that's awesome. If it didn't work, I would find a way to make it work. And you're learning so that I had you're that experimenting. the principles from that. Exactly. So, so you, you as an entrepreneur, you have to invest in yourself. And I believe even this topic and, and of investing in yourself and the training. And I, I believe I'm going to do a podcast in Arabic about that because... Because it's really important. That's what made me think differently. That's what made me stay running my own business. That's what made me working with the clients and entrepreneurs and freelancers launching their products and services. Because I see things totally from different perspective. And sometimes I see things totally uh, before them. I can forecast. Like I would have a vision for what they do. Yeah. And um, I, I remember I, I, one of my clients that we we started working with was back in, I think, December or November. The guy didn't launch the business, but he's, he's, he's ready. The business is ready, but they didn't launch. And when they hired us, I said, you have to launch. I said, Khalid, I'm not ready 100%. I said, you, would nev- you will never, ever be ready 100%. You have to launch. True. And the guy launched in early April before the coronavirus issue. And he closed the launch in March. So the launch period duration was one month. Imagine this guy. He did the launch in, in Feb. Be horrible. And he, is an, he, he owns an online platform. Imagine he did the launch in, in Feb. What could be the situation like today in current situation and current, current crisis? Man. Would be really difficult for him to sustain the business because how he would launch in such situation. Yeah. And, and that's it. So often we we want to invest in our business and we forget to invest in ourselves. And mm-hmm. just echoing what you, you said and hearing what you said, it's, you know, you, you spent the $15,000 to go to the States, to go to um, a training, to get equipped with the skills that you need to run your business. And if someone doesn't have maybe $15,000 right now, like you said, they can go buy books. Now, the next thing mm-hmm. is like, well, I don't have, you know, if you're going to make excuses, you can make excuses. Well, you can go on YouTube. There's thousands exactly. of hours of podcasts that are teaching you everything that is in books, everything that are in that training. If you are willing to go out and curate and find that and 
and dig through that material mm -hmm. to invest in yourself. And then the, the mistake that I have often made in my life is not investing in relationships. And, exactly. um, you know, I often, I often think, well, if I gain enough knowledge, if I gain enough, you know, skill set and expertise, then I can make it. When, what I don't often realize, at least when I was younger, and hopefully I'm, I'm learning more as I grow older, is that when I was younger, I wouldn't go and build relationship, not even like networking professional, but just mm -hmm. like building relationship with people and, and, and building that community. Um, that's always been a weakness of mine that I've been working on for the last number of years. Um, I don't blame you, my friend. I, I used to be an introvert personality before starting my own business. Yeah. Imagine you have, you're running your own business. You have to change. You have to change your personality. You have to network. You have to break your comfort zone and move forward from that point. I really echo what you just said. And it's very important as an entrepreneur today to build relationships and, and connect with people. And I would add to that, if YouTube is not enough for you and books is not enough for you, let me give you a, a nice trick and nice advice as well. If you are a freelancer, let's say in photography or videography, go to successful videographers and, and photographers. Yep. And I don't want to say interview them, have a conversation with them. Totally. And trust me, you will be shocked of the amount of the information and the help that you would get from them. Like I remember in the live session that we did with, with, um, with my friend about talking about freelancing, one of the guys, we, we had a phone call from one of the guys who charges like hell today as videographer. But I asked him one question. When you started as a videographer, what was your first invoice? What was your first task that you, you created for a client? Guess what? He said, my first invoice was 35 KD, which is equivalent to almost $100. $100, yeah. And the guy today, he's not charging less than twenty-five dollars to $27,000. Yeah. So look for people who are really successful, who've been in the process before you, and ask them to have a conversation with them. And, and people are so, they're so willing. And, you know, LinkedIn, Instagram, um, people are so willing and open to connect and talk. I mean, just you and I, we're connecting mm -hmm. and talking right now. And I think um, right now there is an opportunity in, across the globe as people, depending on which country you're in and, you know, where you are in the stage, you're isolated. You're stuck at your ho ho home. You, you can't go out. There's, there's so much opportunity to begin to reach out and connect. One, to glean and learn information and ask questions, maybe network, but two, just even with your, the network you already have to strengthen those relationships in a pure, True. just in a purely, you know, hey, how are you? I care about you. Are you doing okay? Is there any way that I can help you as a friend in this time? And that I think that's going to pay dividends in months and years as I, we go I, forward. I totally, I totally agree. Um, you were kind of really with me a few hours ago. A friend of mine who's running electronic shop, he was facing really tiny issues with, with, with his online business. I picked up the phone and he didn't ask me to do that. I said, listen, this is what's happening with you. And this is how to recover the situation right now. And this is how you have to act and take action. Yeah. And he didn't ask me for that, but I thought, 
you know what? Let me give him the call and try to help. Yeah. And and the guy, he didn't ask. So I just wanted, offered help to, to them and try to help them as much as possible. That's one. Investing in relationships, like uh, for me and, you know, most of the popular audience, uh, most of the popular social media platform today is Instagram in, in Kuwait mostly. Yeah. So when, when people really following me, I listen, I connect with them. Absolutely. And some of the people sometimes get surprised when they send me a message and I reply. Yeah. And they thought I would never reply. They are just sending a message. And sometimes they get shocked. And one of them asked me, Khaled, do you really always do this? I said, yes, I do. Because every follower, every person who's following me were to really connect with them and build a relationship with them. Yes. And caring about them as yes. well. You never know. Maybe, maybe they are not my client. But to trust me, one day, I, I guess maybe they're going to talk about this experience that they had with Khaled. Absolutely. So this is how we invested in relationship. And even in, in over the years, don't, don't just invest in, in building relationship uh, online. Take it online and offline. Absolutely. Yeah, this is, I believe, uh, this is the most important lesson you have to learn as well from today conversation and today podcast is be out there, connect with people and, 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 and learn and attend events, attend meetups uh, as much as you can if it's possible. Because trust me, one idea could spark massively a new direction for you if you are starting out or if you are in the business. Like I remember one single idea from one of the events that I attended last, not last year, year before. It was just a random guy who jumped on the stage to share his thought. His, his, he wasn't part of the lineup of speakers, by the way. Hmm. And the guy went into the stage for five minutes and he sparked an idea. And I said, you know what? I'll take it into consideration when I go back home and in Kuwait and I would really take it to next level and, and try it out. And guess what? This single idea, when I put it into action, into my business, and I customized it for my own business, it's a quadruple the revenue of the business in one year. Wow. Just a single, just a single idea of five minutes. That's incredible. Just imagine if in, in, in that five minutes I wasn't in the room, I was kind of really maybe distracted or maybe I went to the restroom or the washroom and I wasn't in the room. I would mess that idea. Or, or even if you just disrespected the person, you're like, well, he's not on the, he's not on the list. He's only speaking for five minutes. Who is he anyways? Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I didn't see it that way. I said, no way. Oh, that's a great idea. I never thought of that. Let me try it out. So that was the mindset back then. And it, it's responsible today for the growth of the business. Just one minute and a half or five minutes of the conversation he had on the stage. Wow. Can I ask what the idea was? Or is that, a, is that your secret sauce? No, it's not a secret sauce. Um, we, when we do product launches, we usually focus on the online component. And when we do things online, we believe and, and we have that belief inside of us. If it's done online, we can do it offline. Yep. So the guy, he said, one of the strategies that we use online is uh, massively for online. Nobody have tried it to do it offline. And this guy, he shared the idea of how he did it online, offline. So how he did it offline and how this impacted his business and how the launch went very well online and offline at the same time. That's awesome. I mean, it makes sense. That was, oof, that was amazing. That's what do all idea. the time. Exactly. So all of us, when, when we, we are kind of really, sometimes we live in a box. Yeah. We believe we have done it this way and it's supposed to be this way. 
But this guy said, no, no, no. Think about it differently. Can you take it? Can you use the same strategy that we do online, offline? And, and he shared his thoughts and experience based on that. And that's the reason I believe he got called on the stage from the organizer. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's you know, our, our success is wrapped up in other people. End of story. Whether it's they're giving us something or whether we're serving them. You know, there's no such thing as a self-made millionaire or a self-made billionaire. Somewhere mm-hmm. along the way, they helped and added value to people's lives, which then caused cash flow to flow into their business, right? So True. it's everything that we want, someone else has, and it's by us giving them something that they want. And so that that dynamic mm-hmm. of relationship, one, on on the business side, that it will it will reap dividends in our business. But second, especially in this crisis, I think that the people who who are are compassionate and caring and who go out of their way to make sure that other people in and outside of their community are doing okay and serving one another, loving one another, caring for one, taking care of one another, I think that is going to um, pay massive dividends and enrich all of our lives um, so much in this time. And I think that's what real leadership looks like. Um, yep, I totally agree to what you just said. Absolutely. Well, Khalid, I know that we are running short on time and I want to thank you today for sharing, especially, I mean, there's so much I do wish that we could be on this this call for another hour as there is really so much um, from your experience from 2008 that I think that it's, everyone... It's my, it's my pleasure, Lucas. And, and I really wish I, I delivered some great value to your audience and your listeners as well. And I really wish I'll be a, a source that would help maybe some of the, your audiences or entrepreneurs or freelancers listening to this podcast today and open their minds or their horizon to see things from totally different perspective. And, and we ignited some ideas with, with them during this Absolutely. conversation that we started. Now, for the Arabic, listen, Ar- Arabic listeners out there, um, is that, if that's the right way to say it, for those of you who speak Arabic and prefer Arabic content, Arabic content, where can they find your podcast? Where can they find you as this is stuff that you are talking about, really lasered focused, 10 mm-hmm. minute episodes. Where can they find that? The best way I always advise my listeners to go and, and find my podcast is going to the website is launch.com.kw where they can find over there two podcasts available in all the platforms in Google and Apple and Spotify as well. There's two podcasts. Number one is Launch on Fire podcast that's based on people, other people's experiences. There are some episodes in English and there are some episodes in Arabic. And there is another podcast called Launching Your Business. It's an Arabic podcast that's focusing on helping entrepreneurs and startups starting their own business and launching their own business with laser-focused content in Arabic so far. Amazing. Khalid, if there was, if you had a, if you had a freelance photographer listening to this right now, who's established, who does amazing work, what would be kind of your parting advice, encouragement to them to distill their fear and to really encourage them and propel them into this, this next season? What would you tell them? I believe 
I believe they have to really stand up and 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 focus on what they are doing the best uh, because the world right now is looking to us as entrepreneurs, as professionals, as as people being there before them. And people are looking at us as an example, how we would behave and how we would stand up today in these crises and really support one each other or supporting them as well. The responsibility today on us as entrepreneurs, especially the established ones. So people that are earlier in the process right now, they are looking at us, what we are doing and how we are facing the challenges and how do we perceive the issues and the challenges that we we are facing today with the crisis and be a source of positive energy and 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 fuel yourself with optimism as much as you can and i want you to be realistic i remember when the financial not the financial um, i remember when the coronavirus hit the first responsibility was to really influence the people who are following me and other influencers as well to get people to really take the coronavirus seriously, not lightly, like what happened in Italy. I remember I devoted at least a week of really hammering my followers. I apologize if you are following me and listening to me right now. I apologize for that. Don't apologize. Don't apologize. Yeah, it was a sense of responsibility. I really wanted people to really take things seriously because this would affect all of us. So I'm glad we were able to really in Kuwait, mainly in Kuwait, people outside Kuwait listening to this and really being influenced by this. That's awesome. And, and we did our mission and, and we, we reached what we reached today. And even the government were really happy with the performance and, and they're containing the situation. And Kuwait today is ranked as the second country worldwide. They had really control over the coronavirus issue. So we are so excited because because of the accomplishments. So if you are a freelancer today facing these challenges, uh, this is normal and you have to stand up and you have to face it with more certainty, more than uncertainty that you are having right now. And remember one thing, these tough times will, will, will go away. Uh, would it take six months, would it take a year? It would go away. But people would remember how did you behave and how did you cut through this all and they would really look at you as a leader not just as someone as normal person absolutely that that closing advice is spot on Khaled thank you so much for being with us on the show today thank you so much Lucas for having me and wish you all the best Thank you so much for being with me today. And I'm really glad that I got to spend the last hour with you today. If you speak Arabic and are a small business owner or entrepreneur or aspiring penor, go and check out Khalid's content. It is amazing. So much valuable content there. So please go and follow, listen, listen to his podcast. It's through the roof. And more importantly, in this season of crisis, please remember to reach out to the friends and family around you. Take some time and say hi to someone else and see how they are doing. That is all. Remember, I'm Lucas Scrobot. You are a change maker. And if you own your story, you can own your future.